We've just experienced the most significant monster dip since the last crypto bull cycle three or four years ago. Does this signal a premature end to the bull cycle? Or is this the pullback we needed to reach higher highs? Hello, I'm Crypto Casey, and welcome to another episode of Last Week Crypto. Every Sunday, we review the performance of the largest cryptocurrencies, top gainers, as well as the latest global news stories affecting the crypto markets this past week. This week, we will discuss reasons for the monster dip, including China FUD, regulatory FUD, and the mass liquidations that sent the market into a tailspin, who's buying crypto, and why this event may actually have been a big win for crypto in the long run. To check out the links to all of the articles we discuss, go to CryptoCasey.com forward slash last week crypto. This week's episode is brought to you by Crypto.com, an exchange with over 100 different cryptocurrencies and over 20 different fiat currencies. On Crypto.com's mobile app, you can buy crypto with bank transfers, credit, debit cards, or crypto at true cost with no markups. They also have a desktop exchange that is solely for crypto to crypto trading. If you use the link below to sign up for Crypto.com, you'll receive $25 worth of cryptocurrency for free when you use the referral code CryptoCasey, all while supporting the channel. Also, every Wednesday, I conduct a weekly AMA or Ask Me Anything at Instagram.com forward slash CryptoCasey. So use the link to my one and only official Instagram account listed in the description area to follow me and ask me anything you want every Wednesday. If you'd like to see me live stream with some other crypto experts in the space, I've started live streaming on the Crypto Banter YouTube channel. Most Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard, I plan on bantering with the crew about crypto and will also co-host some of the weekday shows as well. So make sure to follow me on Instagram to get notified when I'm going live. And you can also subscribe to the Crypto Banter YouTube channel for notifications as well. Awesome. Let's hit Last Week Crypto. Looking at the top cryptocurrencies by market cap, Bitcoin 23% off, ETH damn near half price this week down 42.2%, Cardano down 23.7%, and Binance, wow, what a bargain, 47.8% off. Looking at the top gainers this week, ah, yeah, absolutely no gainers this week. These are literally all just stable coins, fam. <laughs> you have to admit that's kind of funny. I literally LOL'd when I pulled up the chart to screenshot it for this video. All in all, if you were here the last bull cycle, it's not a big surprise, but it certainly brings up some bad memories for most of us. If this is your first time, I'm sure you're not completely unscathed and probably quite shooketh. Let's briefly go over some of the things that happened this week that may have caused and exacerbated the steep pullback. China bans financial payment institutions from cryptocurrency business. Under the ban, such institutions must not offer any service involving cryptocurrency, such as registration, trading, clearing, and settlement, three industry bodies said in a joint statement. Then, later in the week, China hammers Bitcoin, anew with warning on minor crackdown. China's moves this week ultimately highlights the country's continued desire to seek control over the notoriously volatile asset class. It's something China would rather see regulated by the People's Bank of China, market watchers say. It's not really the mining issue that is the problem, said Matt Maley, chief market strategist for Miller, Tabak & Co. They say they're doing this as a part of an effort to control risk-taking in their markets, but it's really a signal that China is not going to be a big market for cryptos unless it's a People's Bank of China-controlled one. And it's not just mainland China, Hong Kong, to restrict crypto exchanges to professional investors. 
Cryptocurrency exchanges operating in Hong Kong will have to be licensed by the city's markets regulator and will only be allowed to provide services to professional investors, according to the government proposals published on Friday. According to Hong Kong law, an individual must have a portfolio of 8 million Hong Kong dollars, which is about 1.03 million US dollars, to count as a professional investor. Ouch. But these are old wounds. China is reiterating crypto bans from 2013 and 2017. The National Internet Finance Association of China, the China Banking Association, and the Payment and Clearing Association of China reiterated their stance on banning crypto services. The three entities published a note Tuesday confirming bans originally implemented in 2013 and 2017 that bar financial and payment institutions from providing any services related to cryptocurrency transactions and saying that initial coin offerings remain illegal. Virtual currencies' prices have soared and plummeted recently, resulting in a rebound of speculative trading activities of virtual currency, the report said. It has seriously damaged the safety of the people's investment and damaged the normal economic and financial orders. Translation, centralized authoritarian government doesn't like decentralized Bitcoin. I am shocked. Here's a chart to help illustrate this in more detail for you. China bans Bitcoin. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and ah, here we are, 2021, and will continue thereafter into 2022, 23, 24, 25, and beyond. China crypto bans are old news, and China also isn't the entire rest of the world. But across the pond, more fuel was added to the dumpster fire that was the crypto markets this week. In the US, SEC Chair Gensler says the agency will enforce rules aggressively against bad actors. Gensler said he would be focusing on three issues in particular. First, reaching out to the public on the marketing being used to sell securities, particularly gamification of trading, in which brokerage companies introduce gaming elements in trading activities. How should we freshen up our rule set? How should we think about our responsibilities to the investing public? He asked. Second, a focus on market structure issues, particularly payment for order flow, in which brokers pay market makers for routing orders to them. This became an issue during the recent hearings on GameStop, Reddit, and Robinhood. The issue is, how do we ensure that our market stays the best in the world? Fair, orderly, and efficient? He said, best in the world. Fair, orderly, efficient. <laughs> Delusional. Third, Gensler said the SEC would concentrate on transparency-enhancing initiatives around short-selling, stock lending, and securities-based swap rules. Honestly, if the U.S. government really wanted to protect the investing public, they would have financial literacy as part of our traditional public school system. Unfortunately, it's excluded by design to keep the public from knowing and understanding what the government and their corporate cronies are really up to. Like, I don't know, counterfeiting, market manipulation, basically anything to prevent common people like you and I from amassing wealth. They want us debt-ridden and ignorant so they can keep lining their pockets at the expense of our planet and humanity at large. Another dash of FUD from the US this week, new OCC head requests review of cryptocurrency rules. Michael Shu, the newly appointed acting comptroller of the currency, has requested a staff review of former OCC rulemaking regarding the crypto industry as part of his testimony before the House of Financial Services Committee on Wednesday. The new comptroller of the currency stressed that his focus will be ensuring that OCC-supervised banks operate in a safe and sound manner, meet the credit needs of their communities, treat all customers fairly, and comply with laws and regulations. Isn't it so nice that all of these new guys assuming positions of great power over our financial system seem to finally be looking out for us? 
So weird why after decades of the same old same old that crypto sparks a newfound interest in protecting the public. Do they have our back? Or do they want their power back? US Treasury wants cryptocurrency transfers over $10,000 to be reported to the IRS. The agency says cryptocurrency facilitates illegal activity, broadly including tax evasion. The US Treasury Department said Thursday it will require any cryptocurrency transfer worth $10,000 or more to be reported to the IRS. Cryptocurrency already poses a significant detection problem by facilitating illegal activity, broadly including tax evasion, the agency said in a new report on tax compliance proposals. This is why the president's proposal includes additional resources for the IRS to address the growth of crypto assets. Dang, they almost had us thinking they cared about something other than money. Like, I don't know, protecting the public against what Gensler calls bad actors. I think Gensler is a pot calling the kettle black on this one because he's not very convincing. Neither are the other bad actors, <clears throat> I mean, agencies he works with, US Fed, OCC, and FDIC to set up interagency team for crypto regulations. American financial regulators are considering establishing an interagency policy sprint team to address fragmented cryptocurrency regulations. Yeah, the crypto markets clearly weren't thrilled about any of that news. In addition to all the bearish news, the stock market also had a dip from tech sell-offs, inflation fears, and threats of higher interest rates. And then of course, leading up to all of this before the monster dip, Elon Musk tweets, which we covered enough in last week's episode. And as angry as some people are with Musk, check out this tweet that gives us more insight into his perspective. Shifo tweets, Yo Elon, what do you think about the peeps who are angry at you because of crypto? Elon responds, The true battle is between fiat and crypto. On balance, I support the latter. And during the crash, of course, Elon couldn't help himself, tweeting, Tesla has diamond hands, basically saying they weren't selling their crypto. At the end of the day, I agree with Vitalik Buterin that crypto will build an immune system to Elon Musk tweets. Vitalik Buterin, the 27-year-old co-founder of Ethereum, told CNN this week that crypto markets won't be enthralled to the market-moving power of Tesla CEO Elon Musk's tweets for much longer. Buterin said, Elon Musk tweeting is something that the crypto space has only been introduced to for the first time literally last year and this year. I think it's reasonable to expect a bit of craziness, but I do think that the markets will learn. Elon is not going to have this influence forever. Nice. One more bit of bearish news that didn't exactly help the markets, like at all. BlockFi mistakenly credits users with too much Bitcoin in promo payout. Just under 100 BlockFi users are reported to be affected, with some allegedly receiving as many as 700 Bitcoin due to a mishandled promotional offer. BlockFi carries loss reserves as part of its accounting policies, and this is a fraction of existing loss reserves, so no negative impact to equity or ongoing platform operations. Zach Prince, co-founder and chief executive officer of BlockFi, told the news site. The issue that caused the withdrawals was fixed and incremental safeguards have been developed to prevent any similar issue in the future. Man, well, all the dips from all the bearish news triggered a lot of stop losses, which caused a cascade of lower and lower stop losses to fire, ultimately driving prices straight down extremely quickly. Crypto meltdown turbocharged by a mix of leverage and liquidations. What causes such deeper pullbacks are a case of system overload, liquidations, and such factors, said VJAR, head of Asia Pacific at Luno Private. Crypto is still a much wilder west than any other asset class where you can trade on some exchanges for up to 50 to 100 times leverage. And what we've seen is a big funding reset across exchanges due to over-leveraged traders. Okay, well I will give Gensler this. 
He does recognize that trading apps like Robinhood, Gamify, trading, which is all fine and dandy except for when it allows people that aren't financially savvy to basically engage in dangerous gambling activity. Lack of public financial education, coupled with greedy, easily accessible trading applications that allow for even more risky activity through leverage and margin trading, on top of the inherently volatile crypto market, laced with institutional whale manipulation, and we got paper hands, we got diamond hands, FOMO, FUD, retail money, savvy money, bearish news, and boom, mass, mass, mass liquidation sends the markets into a nosedive. I've always urged people to steer clear of leverage and margin trading in crypto as it's pretty much gambling. And what makes it even more of a gamble is, as we saw on Wednesday, almost all the centralized exchanges experienced downtime. So even if you wanted to reposition, you could not. This happened several times in the 2017 bull cycle and will continue to happen on these centralized exchanges. That's why, again, I urge people not to trade, not to use leverage or margin, always take profits along the way, don't try to time the market, dollar cost average in, and don't invest anything more than you can afford to lose. Open accounts with as many different exchanges as possible to make sure you have multiple options to buy, sell, and exchange cryptos for whenever monster dips like Wednesday happen that brought down a ton of exchanges. You can access my list of recommended exchanges below by scrolling down to the description area. And once you make your moves, make sure you're transferring your crypto off of exchanges to hold safely in a cold storage hardware wallet. You can scroll down to the description area below to access the correct and official sites of my recommended hardware wallets. BC Vault is my personal favorite. Another option is the Ledger Nano Backup Pack, so scroll down to check them out. Protecting your ability to generate income in these uncertain times is another important thing to consider. So if you'd like to learn more about the advanced technical concepts of blockchain and become a developer in the space, check out Ivanon Tax Academy. If you use the link below, you can access the academy at a discounted price, so scroll down and check it out. Nice. So does this week mark the end of the bull cycle? I doubt it, as this week, MicroStrategy builds up Bitcoin cash by $10 million. And other crypto hedge funds buy the dip in Bitcoin's week of reckoning. In fact, institutional Bitcoin buying spiked around Wednesday's crash. Bitcoin outflows from the over-the-counter desks spiked, signaling dip demand from institutional investors. Wallets linked to over-the-counter OTC desks registered an outflow of 10,292 Bitcoin on Wednesday when Bitcoin tanked from 43,000 to nearly 30,000. That was the largest single-day outflow from OTC addresses in 3.5 months, according to data tracked by Glassnode. Once again, there is strong institutional demand, Glassnode founders Jan Hoppel and Jan Allman said in a tweet, taking note of the spike in outgoing OTC transactions. Whatever Bitcoin lows we will see this summer, they won't be for long. Might as well hold through. Just as we discussed last week, paper hands are selling to whales, and we all know whales manipulate the market. But some people forget the tactics they use to do it. Tell me this isn't coordinated. Look at all of these articles from all around the internet. Coindesk, Fortune, Bloomberg, Reuters, Economic Times. All of these articles using this bizarre gyrations word to describe crypto's price volatility. And here's some more. Financial Times, Investment Magazine, Apple Podcasts. Come on, what a racket. I'll give it to you though, if you weren't around for previous crypto bull cycles and this was your first significant dip, you survived a scary week indeed. But here's some lessons from 2017. The 40% pullbacks are meant to shake you out before the 300% runups. Bitcoin. Traditional market experts, in addition to institutional investors, are also bullish on Bitcoin despite the crypto bloodbath. Bitcoin, in a discounted bull market, 
unlike stocks, Bloomberg Intelligence. This week's price dip showed that cryptocurrency has entered the mainstream, says analyst Mike McGlone, and the future is likely tilted in its favor. For McGlone, the bull market is still on, with the dip ensuring that tokens are now a steal at current prices. Bitcoin's advantage versus equities? A discounted bull market, he summarized. And he highlighted advantageous volatility versus traditional stocks, along with a chart that suggested Bitcoin may have passed the correction test. The bottom is in, not the top. McGlone is not alone in considering the broader market trend to be intact after the week's volatility. Earlier, Cointelegraph noted statistician Willie Wu's estimate that Bitcoin is only halfway through its current bull cycle. Wu was in turn joined by Plan B, creator of the Stock the Flow family of Bitcoin price models, who in an appearance on the Wolf of All Streets podcast likewise guessed at the bull market being 50% complete. Both models show that we're certainly not at the end of the cycle, he told host Scott Melker. We still have some room to go until $100,000 on average or $288,000 on average if you follow the stock to flow X model. The comments were made last week before the price dip with Plan B since sticking to his perspective on the market. Not tweeting about BTC for a while, veteran trader Peter Brandt added, but hint, market bottomed yesterday. Hmm, are they right? Or is this another form of coordinated manipulation to make crypto go up again so they can sell and make some profit? Well, let's look at some charts. Here's an interesting one, showing the price movements of Bitcoin from the last bull cycle in 2017. On day 372, after the Bitcoin halving, there was a significant pullback, as you can see here, from $2,800 down to $1,700, before a mad tear to almost $20,000, then back down to around $10,000. Now, let's compare it to the current bull cycle. On day 373, only one day off from the previous bull cycle, what do we have? A significant pullback. Will it be the one before the mad tear to 100k? Only time will tell. Let's look at another chart in this tweet from Crypto Tony. He says, I personally believe we are at the bear trap phase in the cycle. If we truly have topped, we would see the following. Blow off market top. Institutions selling, not buying. Bitcoin major inflow to exchanges, not outflow. What do you legends think? And below is the market phase chart with an indicator on the first sell-off bear trap part of the cycle, which is right before a mad tear upwards. Is he right? Well, let's compare the market phase chart to the price movement of Bitcoin over the last year. Hmm, <laughs> seems to check out. So here's the deal. Just like the last cycle, there will be several dips in this one. Hodl and you will be rewarded for your conviction. And if huge institutional demand during the dip, bullish sentiments from financial experts during the dip, and comparing historical charts from previous dips, following a crazy black swan event that rocked the entire world, if none of those things bring you solace, think about why the Bitcoin crash was a big win for cryptocurrencies. Under extreme stress, the decentralized finance system worked as designed. To understand why I believe Wednesday was a big victory for crypto, separate the space into its two main categories, centralized and decentralized finance. Centralized is the most familiar. These are the regulated exchanges such as BlockFi Inc., Coinbase Global Inc., and Binance. They run traditional order books with bids and offers much like the New York Stock Exchange. And much like Robinhood Markets Inc. and other traditional brokers, when markets get hectic, they are saddled with delays, system outages, and frustrating customer experiences. These events lead many to conclude that the crypto space is not ready for prime time. 
But the decentralized protocols, which many claim are the future of finance, worked as designed and never went down. While customers grumbled about market losses, they were not complaining that these systems failed them at a critical time. That's right, DeFi didn't go down. Check out some of these impressive stats. DEXs had an absolutely incredible day. Uniswap version 2, version 3, and SushiSwap all smashed their all-time highs, along with many other DEXs. DEXs had their first combined $10 billion volume day chart. AVA had its biggest day of liquidations ever without any issues. Compound users seemed especially well-positioned for this dip. Yesterday wasn't even a record-breaking liquidation day for them. Lending platforms with liquidation mechanisms that were hardest hit by Black Friday last year displayed how far they've come since then. Maker, who struggled a lot on Black Friday, didn't have a single issue yesterday, showing how much more robust their new auction mechanism is. DAI also held its peg better than any of the centralized stablecoins. All of this DeFi activity is especially impressive when many sexes struggle to stay online. Yesterday was a tremendous stress test for Ethereum-based DeFi, and it passed with flying colors. Amazing. This week's monster dip was pretty scary, but at the end of the day, diamond hands are forged through intense pressure. Awesome. Well, that was Last Week Crypto with me, Crypto Casey. If you enjoyed the episode, please make sure to like this video and subscribe to my channel for more crypto content. To check out the links to all the articles we discussed, go to CryptoCasey.com forward slash last week crypto. So are you guys feeling a little better about the monster dip this week? Or are you still pretty spooked? Is crypto dead? Or is it very, very much alive? Let me know in the comments below. Be safe out there.